You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. This podcast is brought to you by the Haugen Consulting Group. The Haugen Consulting Group is your trusted partner in healthcare consulting, education, and auditing. They're experienced experts who work collaboratively with you to solve your organization's unique challenges and provide sustainable solutions. They're passionate about their client relationships and believe fun is non-negotiable. Check out their marketplace where they have a wide variety of webinars and trainings for facility coding, profi coding, and health information management. Listeners of this podcast will receive a 15% discount if you use the promo code GEEK15. Again, that's GEEK, G-E-E-K, 1-5 if you go to their website, www.thehaugengroup.com shop. Again, promo code GEEK15 at www.thehaugengroup.com dot com slash shop. Hello, everybody. No, it's not Monday. Uh, if you're wondering, I'm throwing in a special edition of the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast to share a discussion about the changes in the RHIT credential. Now, I'm not going to go too much into the talking points. I want you to just have a seat, put on your headphones or put in your earbuds and listen to what we bring up into the discussion we recorded a few days ago. Also, you can go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast for the show notes, links and points of contact. So without further ado, here is a special edition of the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. I have titled Concerned About the RHIT Credential. Enjoy. Classified. This might be uh, the RHIT, RHIA study group, Facebook group. But either way, uh, just to give you guys an idea of what this event, this roundtable, this phone call, this discussion is, is that uh, just to give you an idea is we're talking about today the RHIT, uh, the coding domain. Okay. And I have here two lovely ladies who um, were very active in this conversation about uh, <laughs> the domain to disappearing, but not, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. It disappeared, it's going to disappear as of January 2nd. And today is more like, is, is going to be a discussion as to uh, where did it go or where is it going? Is it going anywhere? Why is it moving? And then kind of tie it into, you know, what does this mean to those that are pursuing their RHITs? How does this fix fit into the HIT industry? How does this fit into the whole career thing? All right. So uh, let's go around the table, the virtual table, uh, and introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Shalita. Hi, I'm back. I'm Charlita uh, from the first episode of Not Elsewhere Classified. I take a lot of pride in that. 
And, um, yeah, excited to talk about this because I um, was at the job analysis where we, where the decision was made. I won't say we made the decision, but where the decision was made. And I'm definitely excited to discuss more with two um, really people who I really respect a lot. So, yeah. And, and and for the audience, what is your background? What is your career background? Right. That would be helpful. So I'm an <laughs> RHIP. <laughs> I work as an HIM coordinator in a in a um, facility here in Central Florida, a small facility, about 64 beds. And I'm uh, going back to school this spring for my degree in healthcare administration. And I plan to sit for the RHIA, which is something you can do now if you have the RHIT and literally any bachelor's degree, which is another thing I'd love to talk about at some other time. But that's kind of another where time. I am. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've worked as a registrar, a trauma registrar in the past, and um, still do remotely from home from time to time. And um, yeah, HIM person looking to just um, grow in this career field. It's really interesting. There's a lot to do in this field. And um, yeah, that's it for me, I guess. All right. <laughs> and let's move on to our next panelist, Sarah. I'm Sarah Manrique. Um, I am an inpatient coder for one of the largest healthcare uh, networks in the country. And I write exam questions for the RHIT. Oh, okay. Uh, so I have the, the other end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and how, and just, just to, I guess, add another question, how long have you been doing uh, coding? Um, I've been doing inpatient coding for a year now. Okay. Um, before that, I was a trauma registrar with Charlita, oh, okay. and we yeah. did some coding in there. <laughs> and before that, I was an APC coordinator. So oh. I handled the, like, the revenue cycle portion of it and did some auditing. Oh. Okay, so very cool. So you you have a coding background. We have an HIM background. And then, of course, you have me. I'm Brian Kui, um, founder of Medical Coding Geek, uh, creator and host and producer of Not Else for Classified, the podcast. And my background is in clinical documentation improvement. Uh, I've had over 15 years in the industry working in HIM, uh, CDI, education. So... I think we bring a good mix. We bring a good, uh, you know, we bring a lot of um, so. perspectives to this table. What do you guys think? I agree. I think we really do. All right. So this should be a very, very, very <laughs> interesting discussion because, I mean, for me, and well, let me give you guys an idea of what's has, what has happened. If you guys all go over to the ahima.org certification section that's www.ahima.org slash certification without an s certification slash r-h-i-t and you go over through the tabs you go over and you see exam prep when you scroll down and you see the exam content outline there is a table right there and in this table it states if you're taking your exam on or before january 1st you'll see a a link to the RHIT exam content outline now. So take a look at that. If whoever's listening and want to follow through with us, that's fine. Um, But then you also see in the second bullet or second area in the table that says on or after January 2nd, 2018. And it provides you the new exam content outline, uh, which was originally supposed to have happened, I think, October. But because of the hurricanes, it it had pushed back. And so... Oh, is that what happened? 
Yes. <laughs> well, I knew they pushed it back, but I, I never heard any details as to why. Yeah, it was because, uh, you know, of course, back-to-back hurricanes with uh, Hurricane Harvey and then Hurricane Irma. And every, you know, it, it covered such a wide, you know, you, you can't have, I mean, for the, I heard a lot of people from, especially in Houston, uh, saying, hey, you know, I can't, I'm worried because I can't take my test. I can't prepare because people don't have power, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the same thing with Irma. I mean, people were out right. for like a week, two weeks, and then no internet. I mean, it's, it's, it got really hard. So Ahima recognized that and made the push to, from October, I think it was October 1st, and then moved it over to, uh, January 2nd, which is pretty fair to me. Um, when you look at the, so you have two attachments there, RHIT new exam content outline, and then also the exam content crosswalk. Now, the exam cron- content, content crosswalk shows you the actual new exam content outline, but it shows you in the crosswalk where the pre. so what had happened is that in the old one, before January 1st, there was a coding to domain, right? Uh-huh. Right. So now in the new one, they took out, I'm going to pull mine up uh, just so that we're all aware. So they had removed out domain to coding and replaced it with, I think, more of the privacy thing. So it says domain to access, disclosure, privacy, and security. So they totally removed that out. But the coding domains, it seems scattered through, because I guess it, in the old content outline, it's domain two. So you see like anything with a two point, whatever, uh, that's where most of those objectives in the coding domain lie. So you can see some in domain one, a little bit in, um, domain three and then most of them fall under this the new domain it's called domain for revenue cycle management and most of the domains that you see there well we could read it down you know i could read it down for you guys is number one code medical record documentation and there are at least one two three four five objectives from the old coding domain in there uh yeah and the the second one is query clinicians which i've i've seen a lot of RHIT test takers say they see. And this is very imperative, especially when you're talking about the um, you know, the new new rise of clinical documentation improvement, querying physicians to, for complete uh, documentation. And you see at least three objectives from the pre uh, actually two objectives, sorry, from the old one. And then after that it it gets diluted. Then um, you have conduct utilization review, which is not necessarily coding, but more on the revenue cycle management process, then you have managed denials. That's not uh, well, mm-hmm. and then the, that's like I don't know. This was an old domain seven. I'm not too sure what that is. And then you move over conducting coding audits. There are at least three objectives from that domain: providing coding education 2.11. That's the, that's at least one, and that's about it. And then um, after that, then domain five, domain six. You don't see much to it, uh, but you see now. I think domain six. Which we might have to talk about later. They're including leadership, and I'm not too sure if that was in the previous one. But I know in the RHIA, um, they have leadership right. in there. So um, my thinking is, and you know, I, I want to hear from you all after this is, from what I see from the transition from the old um, RHIT content domain 
is that they're slowly transitioning to something that somewhat mirrors a transition to the RHIA exam. The reason why I say the domain six with leadership is because, you know, that's some of the questions that you will see in the RHIA exam. Uh, so to give you guys another thing to look at, there's another website called www.ahima.org backslash H-I-M-R, and that is called H-I-M Reimagine. And we've talked about this. If you want to refer to this, go to Charlita Huffman's uh, episode on Not Us Reclassified. That's episode one. Uh, We did talk about this, especially with the... Remember, we talked about how people were thinking the RHIT uh, credential was being phased out. Um, But after reviewing it, we kind of feel like it's becoming more specialized. So we can add that to the mix in our discussion where they're trying to specialize things in terms of just HIT, not just coding. And uh, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that as well. So um, those are the facts, I guess. If you guys want to look at them, those are it. Uh, So let's... um, I guess what we can do is just go around the table. I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, let's start off with Sarah. I <laughs> the reason why I'm starting <laughs> off with Sarah is I'm smiling because um, in, in, in the Facebook group, RHIT and RHIA exam uh, support group, she has typed a lot. Like, I mean, you got to stop typing. I want to hear you talk, you know. And so I'm, I, I stopped reading because I'm like, you know what, let's go ahead and record this because I'm, I want to interact on a more verbal, uh, you know, a plane. Uh, so that way we can have a, you know, just I just want to hear what you have to say, because I, I know most of the both sides, every side is valid. I just wanted to hear your side. So go ahead. Hey guys, you know what question I get asked a lot? What is a good online medical coding school? If you want a good online medical coding school, you should check out CareerStep. CareerStep offers online courses, flexible scheduling, and a HEMA-approved curriculum. After graduation, you get a voucher to take your CCA or CPC exam. CareerStep is a MyCAA, My Career Advancement, approved school funding for military spouse education. If you want to learn more, please make sure to check out CareerStep's many program offerings, including their medical coding and billing program, by going to our referral link, careerstep.medicalcodinggeek.com. By the way, they have a special promotion this month. But again, to find out what it is, you need to head over to our referral link, careerstep.medicalcodinggeek.com. Again, that's careerstep.medicalcodinggeek.com. Well, I'm, I'm a medical coder. That's all I do all day long. Um, and I think this, this, this decision, um, Charlita is excluded because she was one of the few against making this decision, but (laughs) I think this decision also shows how people within our own industry don't understand the credentials and what they can do. Um, and, you know, like the opportunities they give you. Um, For someone to say, you know, an RHIT doesn't really do anything that has to do with coding is just, it's just crazy to me. Um, Most of the the coders that I work with hold the RHIT credential. And I even, when, when this decision was first made, I went to a Facebook group for American medical coders looking for jobs. And I asked, you know, how many, 
how many in here are RHITs whose career is based in coding? And there were a lot. Um, you know, so that's my first issue is <laughs> like the education within the marketing field for our credentials and what we learn, you know, earning our degrees and, and what we test for is, is not well understood. Um, but to see it within our own field is just frustrating. Um, and then, you know, putting that aside, you take into consideration the marketing field. Um, you know, we have recruiters who do the best job they can with the information they're given, but I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of times recruiters will be, you know, uh, posting for a job that they're trying to fill on a coding group on Facebook and the requirement is you have to have an RN, you yes. know, or vice versa. <laughs> don't, so don't get me started. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's another podcast that I definitely That's want to talk about. Don't podcast. get me started with that. Special edition that I would be willing to guest on <laughs> as well. Um, you know, so it's already so muddled um, that it just, it just deepens the divide between our, you know, our uh, people filling the need in healthcare. Um, they already don't understand what they're looking for. And now AHIMA has made this decision. Are the employers going to understand what that means? You know, if you're, we learn about it in school. We learn coding. If you sit for RHIT, you get your associate degree, you know, and you take some coding courses. But you have to have a good understanding of the coding in order to pass the RHIT exam, in order to pass that domain at least. You know, because the, the old domain had 17 different items that it tested. The new domain has a handful. You know, and it's also fewer questions. And it's just such a smaller scale now that you have employers who are going to see that RHIP credential and they're going to think, oh, okay, this person's qualified. And then that person's going to get in there. They might not be, right. you know, they might not have the education that you're expecting. Right. Let me, let me step so in here. So the, just to give you, to give the audience an idea is um, in the, the old um, domain coding domain two coding. So this is going to be something that's before January, and you know, tested up until January first. Just to give you an idea of the domain, it it's percent, it's uh, it's slated at percent at uh, at at least sixteen to twenty percent of the exam, right? And for the new, was it domain four? Domain four, it's been reduced. So from sixteen to twenty percent now to fourteen to eighteen percent. So the testing mm -hmm. has actually been lowered. So I, I I'm just trying to uh, give the audience an idea, and you guys can continue, you can go ahead and continue. I mean, I get kind of fired up about things, so <laughs> anyone feel free to step in. It's just <laughs> anyone it's frustrating, and and also as an item writer for the exam, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Yeah, I don't no, even know I, what I, I was going to say about yeah. That. No, go like, ahead, Jolita. You know. Well, I, um, you know, I was there, I, um, was at the item writing thing with Sarah as well. And I completely forgot about that somehow. 
Um, so wrote some questions for the exams, and Sarah did as well. And she mainly uh, she did a lot of the coding questions, actually. So she's definitely a rock star in that arena. And um, I did some. I did mostly like data analysis and some quality and things like that. So those were the areas and that I was more comfortable with at the time um, and enjoyed most. And so I was at the RHIT job analysis, and I. Um, Myself and a couple of other people, I think maybe two other people, really felt strongly that the the RHI credential, the RHIT credential, should specifically have a coding domain. And you know, there were a few other people. There were other people there, several other people there, who worked in other areas of HIM, whether it be release of information or as directors and coordinators and um, document imaging things like that. And they felt. Um, fairly strongly that it did not necessarily need to be its own domain and that it could be broken up, um, especially into the revenue cycle and quality portions of the exam. Um, and it's something that I just never, I, I was, you know, perplexed, kerfuffled, just the whole thing. I really <laughs> felt confused as to how that could be because when I was um, in school, and I think, and I, and it's something I said during the job analysis that a lot of your, all of your courses really reference the domains for the exam and they break down which parts of those domains and what sections of the exam are you going to be covering during this course and what part of, what in this course are you going to learn that's going to help you in what portion of the exam. And so to me, to take out coding from the domain when coding is, when I took it, when I was in, school was ICD-9, two semesters of ICD-10, and the, we took two semesters of anatomy and physiology in my program, um, and some concepts of disease and things that also contributed to that coding knowledge really was a huge, you know, helper and, and bulk to that, um, to that program. So it makes me feel that once, once programs are going to reassess, because to stay accredited with AHIMA as a, as a school, as a program, you have to show how each of your courses is hitting on these different points in the domains. And not every class has to hit every, every subset and every domain, of course, but class, you know, everything needs to be covered at some point in the program. And if something's covered two or three times, fine, but everything has to be covered. So to me, to see it be broken down into such... Um, a smaller portion where it's a little bit here, a little bit there. And I mean, I do think that coding is still a part of the exam. There are still going to be coding questions on the exam, but to not have it be its own domain, um, it is an issue to me. And as Sarah was saying, you know, when employers are looking at your credential, you know, I've interviewed people when I'm interviewing, I'm, you know, Googling, looking up what credentials do they have, where they go to school, things like that. And if I look up this credential and they're interviewing for a coding test or a coding job, sorry, I'm a little um, surprised or confused or unsure if I don't see, you know, coding specifically laid out in big, bold letters. And one of the things that I've always felt that AHIMA can work towards doing a better job of is advocating for their members and for people who have graduated from their programs and saying, hey, look at our graduates. They're great they are great fit for these coding jobs, for these CDI jobs, for these registrar jobs, whether it be cancer or tumor or trauma or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that this switch is um, 
uh, people already don't necessarily think of an RHIT as a coding credential, although I believe that it definitely can be with that credential and the right work experience. It definitely can be enough to get you there. Um, so to take it down to that another level and not have it coding be its own domain, I really think it hurts a lot of especially new grads. You know, what, a lot of people have graduated and they've gotten their experience and they, you know, once you've gotten the experience and you've got a HIM credential, you're kind of, you're, you know, you're, you're rolled in, you're flipping the door, you're in the, in the mix. But for a lot of new grads who are going to be graduating and their employers and hopefully they're thorough and they look up and see what does this mean? What is this RHIT? What is that? What's an RHIA? What is that? They look it up and they see, oh, what, I guess there's coding mixed in here, but how often is an employer going to read through each and every bullet point under each bold you know, section of the domains. They're mainly going to kind of do a skim over what are these main domains. I don't see coding in here. Revenue integrity is that. I mean, I guess that's kind of going to work and, and move on. So I think, I think it's important that um, I, I really do wish that it had stayed its own domain. I do still think that coding is represented in the exam. I think it's important to make sure people know it's not been completely taken away and it's not disappeared but it doesn't have as prominent a role as it used to play. And that I think is a shame for, um, for HIN people. And it's, I think it's unfortunate. This podcast is brought to you by accessadoctor.com. Access a doctor when you need it most. How would you like to have quick and easy access to licensed doctors 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Instead of scheduling an appointment to see a doctor or going to the emergency room or urgent care, you simply make one phone call and a doctor will provide you with a consultation, diagnose your medical problem, and even call in a prescription to your local pharmacy. Some of the conditions that can be treated using accessadoctor.com include cold and flu symptoms, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, allergies, skin infections or rashes, and even eye and ear infections. Listeners of this podcast can get a discount on their single and family membership plans for unlimited medical consultations by going to accessadoctor.com and using our promo code GEEK, that's G-E-E-K, upon signing up. Again, that's accessadoctor.com, and the promo code is GEEK, G-E-E-K. All right, so I'm trying to... See, so domain seven used to be well. Domain seven currently now uh, is revenue cycle, so that is up to nineteen to thirteen percent. So they're trying to combine a bunch of old things here. Um, but when we think of, because because here's the thing: the discussion today is where is coding going? I mean, I guess it's going somewhere. But one thing I, th and if we look at the HIM uh, reimagined. When, well, let me take it a step back. Every 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 time people ask me, "How did you get into HIM? How did you get into HIT?" My initial thought was because, well, my initial plug-in, uh, what pitched me into the profession was just the this um, this formula, and I keep on saying it. And I, it, it was back in 19, 2001. It says. Um, Healthcare plus technology equals success, and that was that's what initially drew me in. Right, is the idea of electronic medical records, no more paper, everybody's using computers. Right, I never even thought of coding, uh, medical coding, how that came into play. So when so when somebody just at face value, you know, 
um, looks at HIM, HIT, what are they thinking? They're thinking, okay, I'm going to deal with uh, the medical record. And because it's moving over to the electronic side, that's what I'm going to see. So think of that. And, you know, when you tell somebody who doesn't know what the credential is, what is their first initial thought? They're going to think, oh, health information technology. Oh, you should work in IT. And I think that that was the misconception for me when I went in. When I went in, I'm thinking I'm going, oh, I'm going to do a, you know, I'm thinking everybody was doing, um, what was it at the time? Uh, management information systems. Remember that? And so everybody was an MIS yeah. major. I'm like, well, you guys are miss. I'm the him. I'm the, the male portion of whatever you guys are doing. But then when I went in, I'm like, well, what's this coding? What's this health legal stuff? What's this health regulatory right. stuff, right? And they threw threw that all in. You know, the, the idea of being well-rounded in healthcare, uh, I think that's what I got out of it, you know? Uh, but I guess in the individual who is in the program, you know, like Sarah, she moved into coding. Um, uh, Charlita, she went into HIM or the medical records portion, trauma registry. Um, I went into HIM, but then just found myself into CDI, you see? So it, it's up to the individual where they want to go, um, which brings, I'm, I'm just going to be a devil's advocate, okay? So, you know, is, is I guess the question is, when you look in, at an RHIT credential, is it is should it be overwhelmingly a coding credential? Let me let me no. pose that question. Out no, there. no, I don't. I don't think. No, go ahead, no. Sarah. To me, the, the benefit of the RHIT is is exactly that you have a very well rounded understanding and control of every aspect of HIM. You know, you can get this CCS credential, but you better love coding for the rest of your career because that's pretty much what you're going to be doing. I mean, you know, my own, my own career path so far has been diverse. I started as an HIM specialist. I moved to an ED charger. Then I moved to an, I was promoted to an ATC coordinator. Then I went into trauma registry, which I loved. And now I have my dream job. You know, I'm an inpatient coder. So already in the few and I work from home. So <laughs> in the few years that I've had my credential, I've already, you know, experienced so many different aspects of the HIM field. Right. And that is a huge benefit to me. You know, you are so much more marketable as an employee with the RHIT credential um, than I, you are totally with, agree. say, a CPC, you know, something like that. Like, you're very boxed in. And I, I know that there are things you can do with the CCS. You can go into a coding management position if you want. But, again, you're going to be dealing with coding. I, I completely agree. I think the RHIT, and it's something that I stressed a lot at the, at the job um, analysis with Ahima, is that, to me, the RHIT credential is kind of almost a Swiss Army knife of HIM credentials. You can go back. You can get it really quickly. You can get it while you're in school. You can use it to code. You can use it to get into quality. You can use it to get into compliance. You can use it to, I mean, you can really do so many things with it, and it doesn't take you four years to do it. And while Sarah and I, our program was in a small college, um, we there were people in our program who were new to healthcare altogether. Sarah was actually a pharmacy tech when she started the program, and she's done, you know, really moved in healthcare so much with that. 
she and there were people who there was someone who was the the coding director of the hospital of one of the hospitals in our town who had gone back to school just to get that extra bit of education to move herself forward onto something else. I mean, there were so many people who had so many, there are people who had been in healthcare for a while and then had left and come back. And people were using that program, that two-year program, to get themselves into so many different areas of health information management. From IT, there was someone who had an IT, a small IT business, and she was using it to get into. So even, like you said, people think you're working in IT, but you can with an HI, with an RHIT. You can work in, in health information, in IT, developing programs, developing systems, working with people with their different EMRs. And to me, the RHIT is such a great option to have if you're working in a field, whether you're in healthcare or not. But I think especially if you're in healthcare in any area in healthcare, and you decide you want to go to school, get something that's going to let you pursue, you know, something more in health information management, whether it's working in a registry, working in CDI, working in just, it, I really think as far as healthcare goes, you're, you're, it's almost limitless what you can do. And I think it's so, I, what I would love is to see Ahima get into lobbying different employers and talking to them and really hyping up all of the great people who they're graduating from the programs that they've accredited because it's just so, I think it's so important that they be an advocate for us and that they really say, hey, look, look at all of the, the really intense A&P classes that our people are having to take. I don't know about every program, but Sarah and I, we had to take two classes of anatomy and physiology, two semesters of anatomy and physiology, and it was the same semesters that our nursing students took. Our lab was not a dissecting mm -hmm. lab, but we did do a lab. So we were pretty deep in it. And I think it's so important that people really understand how much work we put into learning that stuff. And um, I just, I think it's, that's such a huge factor is that employers understand that when you're looking at an RHIA or an RHIT, that they have a, a huge amount of knowledge and experience and and RNs have a great amount of experience. No one's disputing that. They have great knowledge, but it's not necessarily more applicable or more useful than the experience that an RHIA or RHIT brings to the table. And I think specifically in this case, an RHIT and something like coding or CDI, which is where I think this change will affect most probably is CDI specialists and coding people. I mean, I think for those people who graduate after this change on your resume, Make sure you put the coding classes specifically that you took. Um, I think that's what I would do. I, that's what I did anyway when I was applying for stuff um, that requires some coding experience. As I made sure to put that I had a couple semesters of, you know, ICD-10, PCS, ICD-10-CN, because we took them as two separate semesters in my program, and, um, and, you know, whatever other coding experience. I would be sure to list those things prominently on your resume under your education and not just make think that they assume that they know that you took those courses because, um, you know, it might turn into a real dog fight out there for, for some of those positions. And I think that RHITs are still going to be really um, as just as great of candidates for those positions. Now there's going to come a point where programs have to look at the domains and justify what courses they're teaching based off of what are the domains. And I think, of course, ICD-10 will still make it. 
but I just think it's important that it's going to be that much more important that students advocate for themselves. And I hope that AHIMA will do that much more to advocate for their students in this, in this situation, because it's really, um, it could really be a big change for people. Okay. Sorry, I think <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, you, I, I like, I like the the um the thing you said. What did you say? The sw- the the Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Swiss Army knife. And um, just the fact that we are able to adapt in anywhere in healthcare. Now, yeah. I think since your episode, uh, I've been talking to a lot of HIM professionals, and yeah. most of them um that have an air jet. <laughs> and and um, from my conversations, I hear people in in IT. I hear people who went into compliance. I hear people who go into education, uh, in, even in coding, more in specific areas in coding. Um, trying to get more of a IT mix in there. So the okay. the, the Swiss Army knife, you know, factor is a good thing. Um, but I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the, but I think, you know, when we think of, and I'm going back to Sarah's comment about how recruiters are not necessarily aware of the RHIT credential. And then we also have to tie in how, uh, what is AHIMA doing, uh, to advocate? Are they saying anything? Are they talking to employers? Are they talking to industry leaders, you know, especially from, to me, it has to be going straight to the top and it has to go straight to health administration. You know, um, mm-hmm. once you go up there, they, they can trickle it down to, you know, their staff. And once you reach the top, I mean, that's where you, that's where the information can flow very freely. And so whenever for me, I, I mean, I'm posting a lot on LinkedIn lately and, um, I'm always checking, you know, you, when you when you post something on LinkedIn, you have the ability to check the analysis. And when you check the analysis, I'm noticing a lot of healthcare administrators reading my post. And it's it's more about not I mean, I, I am on the CDI side. So I advocate for mm-hmm. HIM professionals who have CDI backgrounds to be utilized in healthcare. But um, but I, I think more pushing on HIM professionals just to be diverse, to be able to be diversified anywhere in healthcare. Uh, without right. leveraging the use of a clinical uh, degree or license. Um, but I think if we talk more to the top, you know, people do agree. I've talked to RNs, you know, and they say, yes, yeah. we need to have HIM professionals. Um, my last, uh, if you check out, oh, who is it? Uh, Stacy Buck. Uh, Stacy Buck, mm-hmm. episode six, she was a revenue integrity uh, analyst. And yeah, which, which primarily was a, was a role for RN. So she was taking that role, but which is primarily RN. But, you know, you see the benefit of having uh, someone from a different part of that type of flow in terms okay. of the flow of information, the flow of revenue, uh, the flow of data to have that perspective from that different pers- uh, spectrum to give you that information. And, you, and also on the other side, you could learn from the clinical side as well. And we are very adaptable. We can learn the clinical uh, side just as anybody else yeah. because we've received the initial training to understand it and to adapt. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. just so much about understanding it, but I think we can adapt to that change because that's that's what our industry is in. So we are definitely open open more. to to learning that. 
Um, what did I want to do? Okay, so the next thing I do want to do is revisit the HIM white paper report, uh, the HIM reimagined white paper report. This was, again, mentioned in our first episode on Not Us, Not Us Reclassified. Um, just to give you an idea is... Uh, it says number four, right? So RHI credential is recognized as a standard for HIM general practice. And the RHIT, and in parentheses, they put plus specialty as the technical level of practice. So I'm going to scroll. I'm going to go down here. Um, here. Uh, so it goes down to giving dates. And then in the third bullet, it says... August 2021 through through December 2026. That's what I guess what they're trying to work with is where they're transitioning the credential, uh, the RHIT credential, <clears throat> so, excuse me, from RHIT to RHIT plus specialty designation. So I think from just to, I guess to give us an idea, I mean, I don't even know what the answer is. I'm just thinking just off the top of my head, what I'm thinking is happening. And, and both of you can can chime on in what you guys think. What I'm thinking what's happening, because a white paper is just a white paper. It's just a statement. There is no plan. Okay. There is no um, direction. It's just this is what we plan to do. But there's no plan to do it. Right. They're not telling us what the how are they going to do it and why they're going to do it. They just said this is what we're going to do. Right. And so um, what they're trying to do is go from RHIT to RHIT special designation. Now, what I'm thinking is and correct me if I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm right. But I'm thinking that when they say plus specialty designation with an RHIT, they might be requiring you if you want to go this direction, you must have an RHIT. And if you're pursuing a coder, coding credential, you must have a CCS. It might be the vice versa a way around. If you have a CCS credential, I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but this is, this is what it looks like. For those that have a CCS credential, they might require you to have an RHIT. Same thing with the CDIP, RHIT. Yeah, um, you see, I so, but I, that's what I'm thinking. I think a human right. really likes being able to have that... Um, I mean, to be able to maneuver in that field of having people who don't have to have a degree, who aren't willing to go back to school for two years or a year and a half or maybe three or four years if you're working full-time and just going for an associate, um, that they don't have to go back for a college degree. I don't. I would be very surprised to see them tie the CCS to a, a college, to a two-year degree or any mm -hmm. or a degree in general. Maybe some kind of court, maybe they would do an education course, and I don't think that that would be crazy if they did, you know, a six-month course or, or a course that's kind of self-paced or something like that. Um, but I would be really surprised to see them tie it to a full-on degree where that's the only way you can do it. Um, because I know a lot of, I'm sure we all know, I know a, a good amount of people who have that, credential who have no college education, or if they do have college education, it's not even in healthcare at all. So, I mean, I don't think it's, I think the CCS is something that you can pass with. Um, I think having that degree would help because you've gone through those formal classes, but I think it's definitely something you can get done with just a good chunk of work experience and some good training. And like you were saying, I think AHIMA and HIM people and people who are involved with AHIMA are really good researchers. I would hope, anyway, if you're going to thrive in this field, you've got to know how to get into Google and get into, you know, the coding clinics and dig through um, laws and regs and all kinds of things and really find that information yourself. So 
I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's where I am on that. Hey, guys, I recently signed up for my free 30-day Audible trial. With my 30-day trial, I received a free audiobook just for signing up. There were so many titles to choose from, but I decided on American Assassin by Vince Flynn. This book introduces you to Mitch Rapp and the journey in his beginnings as a super agent. I didn't realize that this was a part of a larger series of Mitch Rapp adventures, and I look forward to listening to more. Plus, I think the book was way better than the movie, but don't tell my teenage daughter who is obsessed with Dylan O'Brien. Anyways, to get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, go to to audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. <clears throat> when I see RHIT specialty designation, what you're seeing lately, especially from AHIMA, is they're increasing, they're including now some certifications. And I'm, I'm trying to go over to all of the certifications is... Um, a lot in IT. So, you know, I think when you, especially, so they have the CHDA, um, hold on here, I'm trying to get here, CHDA, so Health Data <laughs> Analytics. They have the CHPS, I believe that's the privacy one, correct? And then yeah. the CHTS, that's a new one. So that's the Certified Healthcare Technology Specialist. So, like, like what I'm thinking is like when you go get a master's, right? Or like even if you go get your bachelor's or whatever degree, right? And you go into college and you hear people say, "Well, I majored in this and I minored in that." You know, I or I went to get my to master's point, and I specialized. <laughs> I went to go get my MB my MBA, but I specialized in healthcare. Yes. You see? So I'm thinking mm-hmm. that 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 is going to happen. Now, I, I mean, it was far-fetched for me to say that people who have CC, those certifications need to have an RHIT. Uh, that's very far-fetched. But that's what, you know, if you if you do it one way, I'm sure it has to be done the other way. So I, I'm not too sure. Again, the HIM white paper didn't really specify that. But well, what what the uh, – before, before I I'll let you say something, but what, what, I, what I'm finding with the – in the nursing industry, and I, I, this has been going for a, a while, along uh, for a while now, is that they're requiring, because um, you know, if you if you needed an RN, the minimum degree that you would have or needed only to have was an associate's, right? And so, if you talk to nurses now, they are being required or needing to have a BSN. Now, I think they're still in that transition period, just as what we were talking about in the white paper. But what you're seeing now is an elevation from just having an RN with an associate. Now you have an, now they're looking to, to see the industry moving into an RN with a bachelor's. Now, I think this also happened with physical therapy, right? So physical therapy, from what I, I mean, I, I, from what I've heard and talked with with other physical therapists is that, you know, it used to be a master's program. Now it's a doctorate program so you see the requirements of certain um you know industries certain specialties are requiring a higher level degree now with ahima i think they're recognizing that and they're trying to i think ultimately and they say that in their white paper uh in the first uh number four it says the rhi credential is the recognized standard for HIM generalist practice. So if you're just trying to be an HIM general practitioner, now 
that's the that's the thing is that what is HIM and HIM encompasses a lot. So you have to be full, well-rounded, like a big umbrella holding, you know, holding everything. Is that right? An umbrella or a big bag or something like that. (laughs) Anything. So you have to hold everything, right? And so the RHI does that. So the you know when I when I I've 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 helped tutor people with the RHIT. I've helped people with the RHIA. What I've noticed that RHIA is very broad based and wide, as opposed to RHIT is very specialized in terms of field work. Now, again, like I'm seeing again, when you look at the content outline from the old one to the new one, you're seeing the base widening even more. And um, from at least from an exam perspective, you can only fit so much (laughs) in an exam. And uh, what is it? 180 questions in about what? 150 questions. 130 count. In about what? Three, four hours? Three hours. Three hours. Three hours, right? So, I mean, you know, I I think I kind of get what they're trying to do is trying to saturate the exam in with so much specialties and different areas that, you know, they 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 think maybe well coding is important, but maybe we have we need to have room for other stuff. So the question is, I guess one thing that we not haven't talked about is what are they pushing in? You know, we saw the CDI right. part. Uh, we saw the leadership part. There's stuff that in the industry, like information governance, that definitely has to go in there. Uh, new updates with cybersecurity. You know, these are things that are that are needing to be pushed in. So, you know, I mean, I when when well, we th- go ahead, no, go ahead, yeah. Well, I. I think the first of all, I want to say I completely agree that I had it actually typed up on my page because I didn't want to forget to say it, that it feels like having a minor within your associate degree, which right. is strange because yeah. generally your associate <laughs> degree sound right. is what your minor is. You have a four-year degree and your two-year degree is what you minored in. But um, So it does definitely feel like you have a minor built into your associates, which is a nice um, option to have, but I think it also really processes people in and makes them kind of make a decision right then and there and God knows I wasn't ready to make that choice. And a lot of people think they want to be a coder and they don't necessarily um, enjoy that work or, or have that, you know, that drive to do that kind of work. So that's one thing. But I did want to make it clear that when we were at the job analysis where we made this, they picked about a dozen um, people who had recently-ish, within the last, I believe, couple of years, taken the RHIT exam and passed to come and, and do this job analysis. Um, Sarah was actually chosen, but she wasn't able to make it. I went and um, and met some people there, and there were about a dozen of us there, and we were, it was our consensus, consensus our group, that made this decision to remove it. So Ahima did not push us in any way, and actually we were told later on that they were thinking about adding some kind of additional Swiss Army knife attachment kind of to the RHIT. So those things were kind of done separately, but at the same time, if that makes sense. So while we were doing the job analysis and other people who didn't really work in coding felt that the RHIT did not necessarily need that to be its own domain. Again, I disagree. (laughs) I've already made that point. Um, While those people were making that point, um, they were already thinking about adding on these extra pieces to the RHIT, whether or not coding remained its own domain. 
Um, so I think that's interesting that Ifema would have still gone ahead with this, whether or not voting um, remained its own. But like you were saying, they're trying to make room for people to have, um, you know, specialties in other areas. And I do think IT is a really interesting area that a lot of people can get into. And not just that you're, you know, coding and creating some of these software, but they need people to test and to have an idea of how do people use this on um on the on the front end, how, how are the day-to-day users interacting with their software? And that's something that people with our in- information and education can really contribute to that. So I, I think there's a lot there, but I think there are a lot of really interesting things that they're doing with these, you know, RHIT plus um, credentials. And I I don't see them doing this with the RHIA, but I, I, I don't know unless they said that they had and I missed it. But I think it's very interesting that they've chosen to, to do this with the RHIT, kind of add on these extra um, these extra accessories, I guess, to the Swiss Army knife. I'm sticking with this metaphor. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting. And I, I think the specialty thing is something that a lot of people are going to be able to take advantage of. And for associate's degrees, like, yeah, a lot of people are starting them, you know, when they're graduating, but a lot of people, um, you know, so many of the RHIT programs are in smaller schools and not necessarily, and, you know, a lot of big schools, obviously, if they have an RHIA program, they probably also have a smaller RHIT associate's program, but a lot of these big schools also have, um, a lot of these I'm sorry, a lot of the smaller schools have RHIT programs that are in, like, some community colleges or just small universities or small colleges in your area who have RHIT programs, and some of those people are already working in the field, and they want to, they know what they want to do. They're already doing it. They know where they want to move into, and so for them to have a specialty that they can choose to minor in within their associates, which is pretty unheard of as far as I know, is... um. I think is interesting, and I think um, a lot of people will hopefully be able to take advantage of that and make it work for them in their career. Um, that's yeah, that's where I I am. I think I think the coding piece is important, so I do. So so Sarah, did you take a, did you have a, an opportunity to take a look at that white paper? I'm curious. I I wanted to ask you. I totally missed where you found these specialties. Oh, the, the specialties. The RHIT that they're coming up with. Yeah. That, I mean, no. It says um, it says when you look at it plus specialty designation. Now I don't even know what that means. Right. I don't even know what that means. So that's why I made it okay, clear. Like so I, mean, I don't even know what that means. But but if you but if you if but what I've seen from the. Um, you know, if you look at the website, I mean, the Ahima website credential site, they just keep on adding just a whole bunch of, <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, look, you have the CCSP, CDIP, CHDA, CHPS, CHTS, CPHI. There's another one, Certified Professional in Health Informatics. Um, I think to me, it sounds like a, like an, an, an I think you, that would be a transition. They are loving informatics. Yeah. They are loving informatics right now. Yes. Oh my god. I, I think I'm just. I don't. <laughs> I think I'm just digging my heels in the sand. I mean, we can go into specialties, um, which would be pretty awesome. I think you know if it's if it's done correctly and efficiently. Um, but you still for the for the base content of the RHIT. I still believe we are you know, doing a disservice to our future graduates and our future yeah. test takers. I mean, no matter what, like, no matter what they do with the specialties, 
we still are, you know, cutting our nose off with, with the new format of the exams to take away, and not only take away so much coding, but I don't know if you've noticed, Brian, but they also did away with the legal domain. That oh my gosh, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. Domain <laughs> six. You know, you know what's, you know, I, I, that, that's, that's true. Um, and I'm, hold on, let me, let me double check here. Uh, so here, let me check the old one. Legal. Oh, wow. Hold on. Uh, domain two access, privacy, security. Uh, it's another one similar to coding where a lot of the things from legal got broken up into other domains. But um, oh, here as it someone is. who did okay. well on the legal portion of the RHSD, I really mm-hmm. think that it deserves to stand on its own. Uh, legal quality compliance were things that I really uh, <laughs> did well in. So This episode is presented to you by the Medical Coding Geek Tutoring Network. We're not just about the funny medical coding memes you see on social media. We're also a growing network of experienced, specialized, and credentialed professionals. We do not offer prep courses or education programs. Rather, we offer focused, one-on-one tutor sessions that will give you what you exactly need to help you pass your exam. We offer tutoring for the CCS, CPC, RHIT, RHIA, and CDI certification exams. If you want to find out if our tutoring services is what you need to progress in your career, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. Also, we're looking to grow our network of tutors. If you're interested in joining our team, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. But you, but you know, but I'll, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna answer from what I have seen before. Remember when when HIPAA came out, right? It was like I, I like so it was enacted in 1996. But you saw it happening with the forms like in 2001, right? And they they were like saying, okay, well, let's make uh, the privacy uh, the privacy officer the HIM person. It sounds uh-huh. just right, you know, and. And so what you're seeing now, what I mean, I, from what I have seen, they're transitioning the role off of the HIM director and making it its own. And in that own person is a, is a lawyer, right? Hmm. So they're putting that person off to more on the I, legal side. Yeah. So I've I seen not, that. I don't know I if, if people, I mean, there, I'm sure there are people who are HIM that are in privacy roles, but I've seen that trend push over again. As you far know, in as that I see, direction. at least in HCA facilities, which is the... Um, largest healthcare organization in America, they, the HIM directors tend to be the privacy officers and our IT directors are the secure facility, CISPO, you know, facility security officers. Um, but I think that's really interesting. Um, I've seen, like I said, but there are also a lot of smaller facilities where the, there are, like we worked at hospice. At hospice, the person over the HIM department is not a director. She's actually a coordinator and reports to quality, and the quality director was the privacy officer. So that's kind of, um, and quality that deals more with legal things in certain healthcare settings than HIN directors do. And risk management is also a great area that I'm super interested in. But, um, yeah, that's interesting to think that they're giving taking that piece from the HIM director and giving it to an attorney, but... Because I think this is another area where it's kind of like taking some of that stuff away from HIM and giving it to RNs, taking it away from healthcare HIM people and giving it to lawyers. Like, of course, lawyers have tons of knowledge. Um, 
But I, I, I think that the privacy offer, officer position is something that an HIA professional is perfectly capable of, um, of doing, and they may need to, you know, contact their, their counsel, you know, legal counsel for certain things, and that definitely may need to be something that happens, but I don't know that it's something that, um, and, and a lot of places only have outside counsel that they, you know, reference for certain things. They don't, they may not have in, in-house counsel in their facility, for, especially for smaller things like a nursing mm-hmm. home or something like that. So uh, that's interesting to hear that, mm-hmm. that they're, um, that they're taking that yeah. I mean, that's what I, I've been seeing, but I don't see if it's an yeah. overwhelming, you know, it's not like a big humongous change, but I've seen that transition where, you know, HIM, HIM directors were the privacy officers. Now they're, they yeah. just put it to somebody else, like a general mm-hmm. counsel or even uh, risk management or something like that. Uh, you know, that, it's not an yeah. HIM person, but so um, that's that's my general idea. So. Uh, we are at, gosh, we're at the we hour. It. <laughs> it's been an hour, almost an hour, almost an hour. So let's, um, let's come up with our final words. right. So I'm going to give it back to you, Sarah. What, what do you, what do you want to well, say? Um, I would like to say for people listening who are either RHITs or planning to take the RHIT, um, AHIMA actually wants to hear from you, from us, um, on what we think about this change coming, uh, taking out the the coding domain and the legal domain. Um, So I'm going to give an email address out. And I mean, I I strongly encourage people to reach out and voice your opinion. You know, that's the only way that change comes. Um, Absolutely. And Ahima wants to hear from their people. So the woman, the the woman's name is Desla Mencilla, and she's the vice president of certification. Um, and she's in California right now for the AHIMA convention. But her email is Desla. That's D is in dog, E S is in Sam, L A dot N is in Mary, A N is in Nancy, C I L L A at AHIMA dot org. Um, and I, again, I just encourage people to reach out to her, um, tell her, you know, what you think about it. Um, and they're waiting, they're listening. Um, they've taken in people who have already given feedback, uh, you know, and they're waiting. So step out and, and do something. Don't just yeah. be upset and complain, you know, be part of the change. Yeah. All right. Charlita. Um, yeah, first of all, I will co-sign everything Sarah just said. Um, definitely reach out. Make sure your voice is heard if you if you feel um, that this was done in error or that you don't think that they completely captured everything that a lot of people who are going for that credential really want their credential to show that they've learned, um, which is really the goal of the credential is to be a proof or badge that, hey, look at what I know, look at what I've taken the time to learn to do. Um, and I also want to remind people that while coding is not its own domain within the RHIT, it is still broken down with the, in other domains. So do not lose hope. <laughs> and in some form, it's still in within that exam. Um, and make sure to advocate for yourself, whether it's advocating to a HEMA, advocating to employers, by making sure that on your resume you are showing not just associates in health information technology do some bullet points that show, you know, one semester of ICD-10 CM, semester of ICD-10 PCS, and 
really advocate for yourself and make sure that your employers know that you are educated and that you know what you're talking about and that you have a good handle on this stuff and that you know what's going on. And also, don't be afraid to reach out to Ahima and let them know, you know, I really think that coding should be its own domain or that you think that it should at least be um, have a larger section within the other domain. So I think that that's definitely something that all of us can do is really make sure that our voices are heard there. Like Sarah said, definitely reach out to that email address. I'm sure she'll give that um, information to Brian so he can put it in the notes or something like that. And we can get that information out to everyone. So I think that's so important just to make sure that everyone knows um, that your voice is important. It's heard. You know, we take these programs and programs pay a lot of money to get in to be a part of this, um, to be accredited. And people want to be able to ha- graduate and know that those degrees and that those credentials that you test for are going to be useful and get you placed in a position where you can work hard in advance. So, um, you know, be an advocate for yourself and for your fellow HIM professionals. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I guess one thing that, that can come around to this is um, the fact that, gosh, you know, especially with social media nowadays, uh, just a little change in something created such a big flurry, you know, uh, especially when, when we remember Charlita, <laughs> when they were saying, oh, the RHIT credential is disappearing. <laughs> Can you imagine how much act- the activity was going on so uh, it was it was like rampant, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, you should. You know, we never had this when I was in school, and then and then I'm seeing, and then I saw somewhere, you know, domain coding is being dis- is being phased out of the RHIT. I hate when people do that. Like, come on, can you need to go? You need to um, research <laughs> first of all before you make a blatant statement in social media telling people that <laughs> coding is going to be yeah. removed off of the the exam. And then people were going crazy, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just going to make a statement here. I'm gonna type in, uh, what do you think about domain two coding being changed, not necessarily disappearing? And people, including Sarah, <laughs> got involved. And you know, it, it, it's it's good. You know, the good thing about this is creating conversation. Now, the problem, the thing is that, you know, to me is that I think. People are concerned. And I think it's always been like that, but I think people are more concerned now, you know? And uh, I get that feeling just from social media, how people are anxious about it. Like, oh, no, you know, is, is, and when I graduate, will the RHIT uh, stand true uh, to me right. and my career? And I think that's a concern. And Ahima needs to know that. They, you, you know, they're, they're the ones who say, go get it. But then if you're afraid to go get it uh, and and to pursue it and to hold it and to cherish it, then Ahima needs to know because, um, you know, they're trying to increase the credibility. I'm sure their intent is there to establish that type of uh, sophistication of the credential. But I think, you know, when you think of that sophistication, does that translate into the healthcare industry? And with, with any change... I think you have to educate. So, you know, when they're trying to make this transition, oh, gosh, how old will I be when this happened? Man, 2027 20, uh, in 10 years? I mean, it, you know, you have to think about that change is going to be along the lines. But, of course, like in any change in any type of um, 
you know, organized uh, type of voting system, type of changes, you know, especially in type of some type of political type of environment. I don't want to say political, but like some type of governmental board type of thing where they're making changes. You know, you your voice has to be heard. Yeah. And so unless somebody doesn't, you know, unless somebody hears from you, nothing's going to happen. So hopefully this episode will be leveraged as a uh, page where people can address those concerns and hopefully AHIMA can look at this page and say, hey, you know, this is what everybody is trying to think. You know, they're trying to push information out. But I think when, you know, people like us who wants to create podcasts and and uh, share what people think, you know, it, it, it definitely changes a lot of things because we don't, there's not, nobody else is doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just us that's talk, talking about this and pushing this out. You know, nobody is talking about this. So I think by using this conversation, this uh, turn, this not like turntable, wiki wiki, no, it's not, <laughs> this roundtable, okay, um, discussion, it can spark some more discussion. You know, I think that's what at least my objective of calling you ladies in to do. You know, at least get that conversation started. I think we've we've done that. All right, okay, so. We are done. <laughs> so uh, again, everybody. So uh, again, I want to thank Sarah, and I also want to thank Charlita uh, for being part of this roundtable. And hopefully, again, uh, you guys can uh, voice your concerns. I will put the contact and the email yeah. address uh, that Sarah has provided in the show notes, so that way you guys know who to reach out to. And feel free to flood the comments on this uh, page uh, that it's going to be embedded in because uh, this will serve as the, to me, as the the link, the portal for communication in terms of our concerns. And I think that's what we're going to call it, the concerns of the right. RHIT credential, right. right? And I think we'll all be responding and trying to, um, you know, reach out to people and talk to everyone about it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Charlita, Sarah, thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. Coming up on the next episode of Not Elsewhere Classified. And she got me to agree that if I didn't become president of our state association, that I promised to pursue my master's. Not Elsewhere Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. MedicalCodingGeek.com This podcast is supported by Weebly.com. Have a product? Building a company? You'll need a website. Create your site with Weebly's drag-and-drop website builder and responsive themes without any technical experience. Believe me, I built my website in under 30 minutes. It really is that easy. Listeners of this podcast will receive a 10% discount on any Weebly subscription plan or promote plan. To get this discount, go to Weebly. 
That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot medicalcodinggeek.com. Again, that's weebly.medicalcodinggeek.com.